Johnny, put that big ass size 7 on and kick it for the homies. Words, beautiful words, really cool words. words Get smarter, words, go farther. Words. Say something scientific. Salicylic acid. Get smarter with words. I am a good speller, I am. Get smarter with word from your mother. Positive words that start with you. The words that can come out of our mouth can change our life. Describe yourself in three words. Using big words can make you look stupid. Here's Johnny. For a Get Smarter with Words podcast for Monday, December 14th, 2020. My name is Johnny Wright. It's such a pleasure to have you tuning in, downloading, wherever you may be. Today's episode, I think you're in for a real treat, entitled, I'm Getting Nothing for Christmas Except a Dictionary. I will deep dive into the origin of Christmas music. Also, some of the uh, fallacies, the misconceptions, misnomers, falsehood, lies, prevarications, all of that. Um, Hogwash. When it comes to what the lyrics actually mean, and there's a mind blower in here that I cannot wait to lay on you. Uh, Again, prepare for your mind to be blown. My mind is blown by the listeners and downloaders we have around the world. Thank you for tuning in in Bergenfield, New Jersey, on the west side of the Hudson River, Olathe, Kansas, welcome, southwestern Kansas City, Brampton, Ontario, beautiful area borders the Toronto airport, Cedar Falls, Iowa, I have been to, yes, the University of Northern Iowa, which I attended for about a day or two, still cleaning up there, and Guadalupe, Nuevo León in northern Mexico. All of you, thank you so much for tuning in, and thank you to our show sponsor, Tempor, business travel in one click, Tempore.com, T-E-M-P-O-R-E. There's a segment that I absolutely love, and it is called, and just not because I invented it, Bad bad Lines from the LinkedIn Singles Bar. These are terrible messages, painful messages, that people send to me on LinkedIn. I am often doubled over with cramps as I'm reading these. And that's why I want to share them with you so you too can experience the magic. This one is from Becky, a business owner in the UK. She writes, Hi, John. I hope you're doing well. I'm Becky, co-founder of, name of the company.com, comma, the complete hyper personalization image and web toolkit. Here's a translation. I drive a Porsche, I can lick my eyebrows, and I just moved out of my parents' basement. She continues. We're looking for agency partners. I'm on my seventh wife. And it would be great to connect over a virtual coffee and see what we can do together. And you're number eight. Now, I also did uh, a little deep dive research into her website. I do really try to check on what where people are at, what's going on in their business world. And so in the about section, in other words, about Becky on her website, it says this. It says, I started my own agency after working 10 years as a creative director, comma, for award-winning design and development. That comma uh, belongs in another sentence, not in that one. That would be superfluous, unnecessary. And you're saying, Johnny, wait a minute, wait a minute, buddy. You're, you're saying a one comma 
has you looking for the exits, and I say, well, listen, there, and there's more. I'll share that with you in a moment. Um, you know, hey, it's not like having three exclamation points. That I'm all in favor of. But a comma that is a wayward comma that does not belong tells me, okay, are they proofreading? Are they trusting but verifying whoever does their website if it's not them? Now, that by itself, okay, forgivable, uh, wayward comma. But later in the sentence, after another comma, it says this, and laterly, as part of the founding team responsible for building a world-leading mobile app DIY SAAS platform. Laterly, I don't even have a harp to play. And we do play, I play the magic harp each time I define a word, but that word has no definition because it is not a word. Certainly the Oxford English Dictionary doesn't think so. Merriam-Webster does not think so. Uh, Microsoft agrees because there's a lot of red jaggedy things underneath it. And so the one thing that I, I really look for is uh, are, are words that actually exist. It's kind of a big thing for me. So that's from Becky. Now, if you want your terrible message featured on the Bad Lines from LinkedIn Singles Bar segment, please look me up, hook me up on LinkedIn. You can see me, find me uh, with a LinkedIn search at John Wright, J-O-N, Des Moines. Well, the Christmas season is upon us. Working jobs we hate, so we can buy shit we don't need. Christmas music has been around for 1,700 years, starting in about 300 the year. Now, music music has been around longer than that. What do you, Johnny, what do you say? What do you mean music music? I mean, the first song ever recorded traces back to 1400 B.C.E. Johnny, what do you mean B.C.E.? I'm going to tell you what that means in just a moment. The first song, we believe, is Hurrian Hymn to Nicole. Hurrian Hymn to Nicole. Nicole, the goddess of orchards. All right. So the Hurrian Hymn to Nicole is considered the oldest notated song. What does notated mean? Well, glad you asked. Music that uses notes or symbols. And music being mathematical, based on numbers and letters. And you know, if you had music as a kid, you know, every good boy does fine, right? You're learning the lines of the treble clef, bass clef, the spaces, F-A-C-E. All cows eat grass. Great big dogs fight animals. Uh, people send douchebag LinkedIn messages. It's all... All of it, all of it's, all of it's right there. So the first notated song, Hurry and Hymn to Nikal, was inscribed on clay tablets found in Yagarit, the ancient port city in northern Syria. Where's that, Johnny? Well, it's here. A country that borders Lebanon, Turkey, Iraq, Jordan, Israel, and the Mediterranean Sea. All right. So I've just shared many, many letters with you. B, C, E, B, C. There's also C, E. A-D, and this one. E-I-E-I-O. What do all those letters mean? Well, we'll start with A-D. Anno Domini is Latin for in the year of the Lord, referring to the birth of Christ. All right. B-C, before Christ. First touted by 4th century Christian scholars. B-C-E. That may be a new one for you. It stands for before the common era to show sensitivity to non-Christians. People who are not of a Christian faith, um, agnostics or 
anyone who does not believe or doesn't believe maybe that Jesus has been here yet. He's really holding out. He really does not enjoy what he's seeing. He's going he's to just peel back a bit. BCE, before the common era. What is the common era? It is, uh, the word common means it is based on their Gregorian calendar. And that's why June is so cool and January is so stupid. Gregorian calendar. What does that mean? Well, introduced in October 1582 by Pope Gregory Thirteenth. Before that, Europe was using the Julian calendar implemented by Julius Caesar in 46 BC. Now, Caesar's calendar, this one will blow your mind, miscalculated the length of the solar year by 11 minutes. Now, you're going to say, Johnny, it doesn't really, I mean, 11 minutes. You know, I've squandered 11 minutes listening to your show. What's with 11 minutes? Well, here's the problem. 365.25 days was considered the length of a year, according to Caesar. The actual length of a year is 365.2425. So if we were still using the Julian calendar today, today would be Tuesday, December 29th. It'd be like a 15-day difference. It just don't add up! So thank goodness for Pope Gregory coming in and squaring things up so that we can have things properly aligned, including the horrible, terrible winter. Now, Christmas music has its origin in Rome in the 4th century, the 300s. Constantine the Great ruled Rome from 306 to 337. No, not from like 3.06 p.m. to, yeah, no, no, the years to 337. He became the first Roman emperor to adopt Christianity. So that is why Christmas music has its origin in Rome at this time. In fact, the first Christmas song is believed to be Veni Redemptor Gentium, or Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. You have to admit that Redemptor sounds suspiciously like Reindeer. The Gentium sounds a lot like Grandma, if, if, you, if you don't listen real, really carefully. I'm just saying, just, just you know, maybe, maybe. I threw a couple other words at you in there. Hymn, what is a hymn? A hymn is a religious song or poem of praise to God or to a God. In other words, a hymn can be somewhat antithetical to Christianity. What is antithetical? Directly opposed or contrasted or contrasted, if you'd like. Mutually incompatible. So the first Christmas song ever, Veni Redemptor Gentium, goes a little something like this. Veni Redemptor Gentium. Ostende partum virginis, mirtur omne seculum, talus dicet partus dium. What does that mean? <laughs> You're so smart, you tell me. Now, I have the translation here. It means this. Come, thou redeemer of the earth, and manifest thy virgin birth. Let every age adoring fall. Such birth befits the God of all. Just a beautiful song. Now, today, we have a lot of complete crapola Christmas songs. In fact, there are well over 900,000 Christmas songs. (laughs) 
yes, there's, there's a, well, now we're at a million. Just, someone just invented another one. Musicmachinery.com is a lovely website, and that's where this, so the things I'm going to share with you come from that website in, in most part. 180,000 of those Christmas songs are unique songs. Those songs have been recorded by 60,000 artists. A lot of music out there, a lot of Christmas music. The top five artists with the most tracks, a track is a song that appears somewhere. So it can be the same, so let's say White Christmas, for example. It appears, it's on an album, it's on a collection, it's on a greatest hits, it's live, it's on a CD, it's on a reel-to-reel. Okay, so that's the number of tracks. Bing Crosby, as you may have imagined, has 22,000 Christmas tracks. Frank Sinatra, second at 17,000. Elvis Presley, 12,000. Nat King Cole, 11,000. And Johann Sebastian Bach rounded out the top five with 8,900. One of these things is not like the other. There are 2,200 tracks of Bing's White Christmas just by itself. Absolutely amazing and interesting. The most recorded Christmas songs are... Silent Night, number one, White Christmas, number two, Jingle Bells, Winter Wonderland, and Joy to the World. We're going to come back to Jingle Bells, and you must prepare for your mind to be blown by uh, grabbing a really tight hat. So there are very traditional Christmas songs. Santa Claus, go straight to the ghetto. Uh. Hitch up your reindeer uh, and go straight to the ghetto. And there are some that are less traditional. So some common misconceptions and misunderstandings about the lyrics in Christmas songs. We'll start with one that you, you know very well. God rest ye merry gentlemen. Now this song was also originally known as Tidings of Comfort and Joy. Was written, we believe, in the 16th century. The writer is unknown. And God rest ye merry gentlemen, what do you think when you hear the title? You think, oh, okay, just everybody. Guys, just chill out. Yeah, God rest you merry. You know, you guys are happy, relaxed, relaxing, I grab you a soda, whatever. Take a load off. Rest your bones. Well, part of the reason that we have a uh, vast misunderstanding of that song, especially the title, is that the comma is often misplaced or is, in fact, non-existent. The, the person in charge of commas, just lodged, it was here. I mean, I had the comma. What? And I then, tis, there's the rub. I, there's the rub. Huh. From Hamlet. From the, the wonderful line, to die. Now, this is William Shakespeare. Hamlet, right? I, there's the rub. It, it, now, they did not intend it to sound like a pirate. But from Hamlet, to die, to sleep, to sleep, for chance to dream, I, there's the rub. What does that mean? Well, it means, uh, Hamlet means a, a difficulty, an obstacle, or objection. Houston, ye have a problem, is what he's trying to say. In this case, Hamlet was talking about, thinking about committing suicide. But, God rest ye merry, comma, gentlemen, means, God rest ye merry, Gentlemen, like the wish is for God granting you peace and happiness. It's not about sitting around and being lazy. It's about, hey, listen, on your journey, God rest ye merry. 
gentlemen. So it, it's, so it gives a little different spin. Another song, which you may find absolutely fascinating, the origin is Good King Wenceslas. Based on St. Wenceslas I, the Duke of Bohemia in the Czech Republic. Now, wasn't known as the Czech Republic at the time. This is in the 10th century. And he was a duke, not a king. Imagine the song, Good Duke Wenceslas. Doesn't, doesn't quite fit. He was just a duke, not a king. Now, a duke is typically related to a king by blood and can be anointed a king, but he ain't no king. After he was assassinated in 935 by his younger brother, Boleslas the Cruel, and can you imagine going into a grocery store and being in line at the checkout and writing the check and the humiliation and the embarrassment you would have by signing it, Boleslas the Cruel. After uh, the Duke of Bohemia was offed by his younger bro, he was later elevated to sainthood, not his brother, but this would be the Duke of Bohemia, and posthumously declared to be a king. What is posthumously? After the death of the originator. He is seen as the patron saint of the Czech state, and that's why he has been immortalized in the song Good King Wenceslas. All right, makes sense, great. Here's another really, to me, this is like down the home stretch of fascinating. Up on the Housetop, written in 1864 by Benjamin Hanby. Benjamin Hanby, by the way, was involved in the Underground Railroad in Illinois. He died of tuberculosis in 1867 at the age of 33, which they thought that that guy was old. They called him, hey, old man, and they throw stuff at him. Um, This is the second oldest secular Christmas song up on the housetop, right behind Jingle Bells, which was written in 1857. Uh, Secular, by the way. What what the heck does that mean? Well, it means this. Play the harp and I'll tell you. Denoting attitudes, activities, or other things that have no religious or spiritual basis. So lots of songs had a Christian foundation. Of course, it's the honoring the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Lord, on this earth. But the song Up on the Housetop has nothing to do with any of that. Therefore, it is secular and the second oldest secular song behind Jingle Bells, which we will talk about in a moment. Now, the original words to Up on the Housetop from the poem, the written is this. Up on the house, no delay, no pause. Clatter the steeds of Santa Claus. Down throw the chimney with loads of toys. Ho for the little one's Christmas joys. So you can see that it has uh, mutated over the years into something uh, probably a little, just a little more user-friendly as it has uh, advanced through the years. Now, before 1864, Santa landed on your lawn, not on your roof. Up on the housetop, there comes Santa. No, no, and all that terrible, and the insurance you had to submit that because he destroyed that thing. Nah. In the old days before all that, he just landed out in the yard. Hopefully he didn't have, you know, stuff laying around out there. Very destructive. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter. Does that sound familiar? Yes, 
It's from the poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, or also known as, Twas the Night Before Christmas. All right. Published anonymously in 1823. Authorship later claimed by Clement Moore in 1837. Charles Hoffman was the editor of the New York Book of Poetry, and supposedly he outed Clement Moore back when outed meant something else. Now, there is some controversy about that, that Moore maybe wanted to be outed, but he's, oh, shucks, I, you know, kind of like, yeah, I'm the second gunman at the grassy knoll. He, like, I was hesitant to come forward. That may not have been the case. And it's even possible that Moore did not actually write it, that Hoffman may have actually written it. But generally speaking, if this comes up when you're at a bar and you're trying to win money, Clement Moore wrote the poem which talks about Santa landing in the yard. It was only with Up on the Housetop that we began to see Santa Claus as being able to go more horizontal. Yeah, so you can, you can pick that up, right? Also, by the way, the night before Christmas formed much of our traditions, including the buying of gifts. If you look at the words to that song, it's really all about running up your MasterCard and good luck in January. So interesting, Christmas has morphed over the years into what it uh, actually means today. So, Jingle Bells. 1857, Jingle Bells was written by James Lord Pierpont while he sat drinking at a bar in Medford, Massachusetts. All right, I want you to picture... Uh, Mr. Pierpont sitting, he's tossing back a few at a bar in Massachusetts where there are no strangers to, to, to booze. You and your children think that this is a song about Christmas, Santa Claus, opening gifts, the whole spiel. It is not. Jingle Bells contains no reference to Christmas or December. All right. Now I'm going to read to you the lyrics in the second and third verse, and you're going to begin to understand what uh, James was really trying to say with this song. All right. A day or two ago, I thought I'd take a ride, and soon Miss Fanny Bright was seated by my side. The horse was lean and lank. Misfortune seemed his lot. He got into a drifted bank, and then we got upsot. Okay, you know, I'm, I, I don't really smell cookies baking, right? Chestnuts roasting with that. It's the next verse that will completely destroy your idea of what Jingle Bells is really trying to communicate. Next verse. A day or two ago, the story I must tell. I went out on the snow, and on my back I fell. A gent was riding by. In a one-horse open sleigh, he left as there I sprawling lie, but quickly drove away. He's drunk. And the last, last, last verse. Now the ground is white. Go it while you're young. Take the girls tonight and sing this slaying song. Just get a bobtailed bay. 240 as his speed, hitch him to an open sleigh and crack, you'll take the lead. In other words, Jingle Bells is a drunken pickup song.
Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. We've looked at some great words today. We've learned much. Notated. (laughs) Whoops, it was there. The orchestra just walked. Notated. Syria. M. Antithetical. I. There's the rub. Posthumously and secular. I thank you so much for tuning in to the Monday edition of the Get Smarter with Words podcast brought to you by Tempor. Business travel in one click. Go to Tempor.com. Wednesday, curl up and die. A cosmetologist speaks truth to powder. Have yourself a lovely Monday. We'll see you Wednesday.